God our Father, we are sorry for the times when we have put possessions between ourselves and you or others, when we have acted ungratefully. We enjoy the fruits of the harvest, but sometimes forget that you are the giver. We belong to a people who are generally full and satisfied, but we sometimes ignore the cry of the hungry. We sometimes are thoughtless and do not care enough for the world you have made. So come to us, Father, in your mercy. Forgive us and help us, we pray. As high as the sky is above the earth, so great is his love for us. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our sins from us. So speak your words of light and life to us today. And may we hear the parable of Jesus afresh and apply it to our lives. Amen. A reporter once asked the ultra-wealthy oil magnate John Paul Getty if it was true that his estate was at one time worth a billion dollars. And Getty remained silent for a moment or two, and eventually he responded. And he answered, I suppose it is worth a billion dollars, but remember, a billion dollars doesn't go as far as it used to. (laughs) Well, hearing that reply... I'm sure the reporter would have very little sympathy. And you know, we might have very little sympathy as well for what is described as the rich fool in Jesus' parable. He too, it seems and sounds, was incredibly wealthy, but enough was just not enough for him. His mantra was, The one who dies with the most things wins. But he forgot the rule of the game, the game of life, that at the end of the game, all things go back in the box. We brought nothing into this world and we can take nothing out, as Scripture says. Well, our experience is, I'm sure, far removed from that man in Jesus' parable. Have you been down to B&Q this week because you've got to get some more wood to build bigger barns? No, I thought so. We are, as we know, in a cost-of-living crisis. One man said, I've got a family and a government to support. And that's true. In these days of the big squeeze on finances, we know that money doesn't go as far as it used to. And just 
just when we make ends meet, somebody moves the ends. And we can smile, but we know it's getting very serious when gas and electric become an unaffordable luxury and families are switching off fridges. When gas and electric are not a basic necessity for living, a basic right. And to society, to the government, the red warning light is flashing. There is danger ahead. And someone, somewhere, some corporation, some shareholders are getting very rich and making huge profits. And we can read about it in the news each week. And we read about huge stores of grain being blockaded in the Ukraine, leaving many hungry. And suddenly this parable about a man storing grain becomes very relatable. And my question about that blockade is, what about next year's harvest? Is it safe for war-torn farmers to plant for the future? Will there be grain next year for the poorest countries? What happens when the breadbasket of the world is left with only crumbs? We are more and more aware of the price of greed and land-grabbing. And the very, very poorest find themselves saying, we brought nothing into this world and we can take nothing out of it. And even worse, they can add, we have nothing in the world during our life. So what do we do with this parable of Jesus today? We can apply it to others, but can we apply it to ourselves? Can it speak to us? What if we looked beyond the numbers and the bonds to the attitude of the heart? Are there lessons that we can learn? I, th I think so. Here is a warning. Being rich in stuff, however much stuff, pushes God to the margins of life. It makes us feel self-dependent makes us forgetful about where the gifts come from. And you don't have to be John Paul Getty. You don't have to have enormous wealth for it to become an obsession. You can hold pound coins really close to your eyes and see nothing else. Yes, being rich in stuff, putting confidence in stuff, pushes God out of life. And greed can suck the life out of a person, creating an atmosphere too thin for breathing and living. It's been said a person wrapped up in themselves makes a very small parcel. Greed killed the man in this parable. And how many people went to his funeral? As the message version of this story concludes, that's what happens when you fill your barn with self and not with God. 
That's what happens when you fill your barn with self and not with God. You see, the rich fool in the parable gave God no credit and showed God no gratitude for all his blessings and his fortune. He speaks of my crops, my goods, forgetting that it is God who gives the seed. It is God who sends the rain, makes the crops grow. It is God who is the Lord of the harvest. He forgot God to love God, and he forgot to love his neighbor. Instead of building more barns, why not build more food distribution points? What was going on in his heart? Well, really, in one word, it's fear. It's fear. He wanted to control the market. And friends, many today still want to control the market, whether it's oil and gas or, as we remember recently, COVID vaccine nationalism that was going on. Yes, the rich man knew everything about getting, but not anything about giving and how to share. He needed to learn how to truly live, not in fear, but in love. Hear these words of Martin Luther King. He once said, No man has learned to live until he can rise above the narrow confines of his individualistic concerns to the broader concerns of all humanity. Length without breadth is like a self-contained tributary having no outward flow to the ocean. Stagnant, still and stale It lacks both life and freshness. He concludes, in order to live creatively and meaningfully, our self-concern must be wedded to other concern. So here is a challenge as we go from here. Be a dead sea. A dead end. Or be a channel of blessing where the life of God can flow. And following this parable that Jesus told to the crowd, Jesus taught his disciples in secret, saying to them, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust consumes, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So, we have more questions to ask of ourselves. Where does our treasure lie today? 
Where is our security? Where do we put our confidence? In things or in God? What are we investing in? Are we allowing our happiness to be too much dependent on money or business success? Am I grasping or am I open-handed? Am I accumulating or letting go? Am I investing in others, investing in the life of the Spirit? Living the Jesus way, where life opens up from that narrow self-center, and it's there that we find true happiness. Contentment with godliness is great gain. And we are surprised how truly rich our life in God can be. Proverbs 11, verses 24 to 25, tells a mystery. It says, Some give freely, yet grow all the richer. Others withhold what is due, and only suffer want. A generous person will be enriched, and one who gives water will get water. So watch out this week for those boomerang blessings. They tend to come back to you. As we, in bread and wine, look to the cross of Jesus, we're reminded again the, the tough gospel news that ours is a gospel of renunciation and relinquishment of letting go and living lightly and giving away. As you receive bread and wine today, come to his table thankful for all God has given. Put your trust in him. Come thankful for all that Jesus has sacrificed. Leave at the cross of Jesus today any doubts, any fears, any temptations towards greed, any hesitancy to generosity, and fix your hearts on God, whose love never fails, never gives up, whose love is never in recession. Amen.